Lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid to fall. All right, welcome today to the podcast to our Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, it's, it was a fun one. We yeah. got to chat with um, Katie. Burn. burn. Yes. yes. Burn. It looks like Brian, but yes, it's I burn. almost always say Brian. <laughs> but she's a super cute um lady that we just kind of met online actually. Yeah. yeah. Followed her and she followed us and Yeah. She's a co a relationship coach over in London. Um originally from Dublin, but she's just super fun and I've I've always I just love the content that she shares. I think she yeah, has some really great cute. Yeah, and she has a kind of a unique story about finding love later in life. Yeah. So she's kind of her thing is she helps women mostly over the age of 35, but we thought it was just a really good conversation. She kind of tells her story, but then we talk about, you know, just relationships in general. Yeah. And, and she's, well, it's fun because she has an accent. She's from Ireland, but lives in London. Yeah. So, so it's it a little different. Kind of yeah. Like, I don't know. Just so I think it's funny. I'm like, nobody, I don't know if anybody's obsessed with American accents, Yeah, but I sure love accents from like Ireland and England Oh, I do and, too. I love it. So, yeah. But she was just Super cute. Yeah. Really easy to talk to. Um, yeah. Really just a nice, fun girl. So Yeah. And her Instagram says, transform the relationship you have with yourself and attract true love. So I think it's really just a cool, almost self-help, but almost coaching. Yeah. Life coaching. Well, and she had worked before in like recruiting and in HR and oh, that kind right. of thing. So yeah. I think she had a background with, with people. And then after... Um, you know, finding her husband later in life. And I think like she said, like the job kind of found her, people kept asking yeah. to share your story <laughs> mm-hmm. and kind of wanting advice. So she has a really cool online coaching program, but I mean, the, the majority of the time we're talking about her story and just right, kind of back really and forth cute, about yeah. relationship mm-hmm. stuff. And it's just fun. So we thought it'd be a fun one to release this week since it's Valentine's yeah, day. And so. I think it's cool because I bet none of you have heard of her or you don't follow her because she's lives on the other side of the world, yeah. but this would be a chance to maybe start following her. Or maybe someone you would know that would, you know, like her content and what it's about. And yeah. Um, people that are listening that are friends with her, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks to, for tuning in. Yeah. Um, Katie's story and to the beautiful shifts podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. Cause she does say she works with women all around the world. Yeah. So it is something that like, if you enjoy listening and think, Oh, I'd love to work with her, but she lives overseas. Well, that's okay. Cause yes, if she does it online, it's online and, and mm-hmm. she has like Facebook groups and things like that. So anyway, yes. But so thanks for listening, whether you're, you've been here a while or yes, new here, or we're new. <laughs> glad you're tuning in with us. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, so on just the thoughts of Valentine's day, um, we interviewed Brooke Romney at the, was she our very first? I think the season? first of season two. two. So it was like, first part of September. Yeah. 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 So she kind of does things with teenagers, like manners and tips for teenagers and kids. Um, but the other day on her Instagram, she did this thing where you could, um, ask her for a download for, it was called the Valentine's day quiz for kids. And I'm going to do it with my kids, but it's just questions to your kids about like you and your husband or whatever. Like some of them are, um, where did they go on their honeymoon? Where was their first date? Who asked who out first? What's dad's favorite thing about mom? What is mom's favorite thing about dad? And I just thought it was kind of cute. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I don't know if really my older fun. kids will think that's super cute, but I think Kate will think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, kids love that kind of stuff, yeah, especially so the younger ones. But I even think the older ones, it's fun to get those 
I love like questions and getting Mm -hmm. conversation going. And we always do like a little dinner on Valentine's with my kids. And anyway, I was like, Oh, I'll have to get that and do it. Oh my gosh. We were trying to, um, I was in the car today with three of my four kids and and my husband wasn't with us. And I was like, all right, I'm trying to plan Valentine's day. And they all get up a different, we used to do a morning thing where Mm. I did breakfast and they opened up like some gifts or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like one kid gets up for high school weights. One kid gets up for elementary. The other one sleeps in longer. The other one doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's find a window where we all can get together on Valentine's day and we could find a 10 minute window. (gasps) Oh wow. Unless we waited till like, actually we didn't because two of my kids are going to a movie and so it, it would be really, really late. Oh. And just the way them waking up early, it was like, I might check Kate out of school early because I was like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, that's like a 10 minute window. And that is yeah, if she gets be home, home from school right on time. Anyway, I was yeah. like, kind of sad. Like, I know. And actually, because we usually do this dinner, but Luke has to work that night. So he won't shoot. be there, but I'm going to still get him his food and save it for him. But right. yeah, and I don't even know. It's like, well, I can't wait till super late to start this, but right. maybe we could do dessert together or something yeah. like that. But yeah. So hopefully yeah. you have some fun traditions you do on Valentine's. Um, yeah. I just, and it's funny how I feel like traditions, like your kids get used to them and they don't mm-hmm. love it if we don't do the same I know. Thing, I know. You know, they do. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, kids are fun, but it's, it's fun. And I think Valentine's just a fun time to just, you know, whether, I don't know whether you're in a relationship or not, just kind of celebrate like the people right. that you love and yeah, it doesn't have to be like a romantic thing. Yeah. 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 Cause it's I do fun. feel like with my kids, like, well, my mom, um, always wrote me letters and I, I send my te- my kids like texts or like, you know, I try to be thoughtful or compliment them on something. But I was like, man, how cool is it that I have all these letters from my mom, like in her handwriting? Mm. So I'm like, I want to, I've been trying the last couple of years to write them actually like a letter, like in a card that's nice. that they yeah. can keep because yeah. I'm an like, actual, yeah. 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 That's the one time where I kind of pick out a card, at least in the, I mean, sometimes at their birthdays I do, but yeah. a lot of times I forget to get an same. actual like real, real personal. Card. Yeah. yeah. So I did this year actually. I've, just today I yeah, got some Valentine's cards. So yeah. it's kind of fun. So anyway, I hope you guys are doing something fun with someone you love and yeah. enjoy Katie. She's super cute. And I think even if you aren't looking for love or even if you're younger or older, like she just had a cute story and mm-hmm. kind of a different like path than a lot of like, it's kind of like, well, it's different, but it's like, I love to watch, you know, any movie about someone finding love or, mm-hmm. you know, just something fun. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. You get to hear her that's story, true. but then we also kind of discuss you know, just relationship stuff in general. And it's just kind of more on the lighter side and fun, yeah. I think yep. for, for the week. So yeah. Okay. So we hope you enjoy. Um, welcome to the podcast today. We are excited to have a guest, um, across the, the pond <laughs> in England. Um, we have Katie Byrne with us. Hi, Katie. Hi ladies. Lovely to speak with you. Yes. Thanks yeah. so much for being here. Very excited it's you're actually our first guest I believe that's out of the country right have we yes. ever we've had people that have lived outside yeah. of the country but not currently in not as country. we're interviewing so yeah oh, this is brilliant yeah we were just saying how cool it is with technology that like you know before yeah. we got on recording with you that we can connect with you and you know yeah, you're okay. in your evening there and we're in our morning here and yeah. it just works <laughs> yeah no it's great I was just about to say that yes nighttime here for me and morning yeah. for you ladies so yeah it's wonderful yeah. Yes. And we were just talking about how, well, my husband is flying home from England currently and Lindsay did a study abroad in Ling- in London. So yeah. Yeah. A few connections. Cool. Yeah. We just yes. love it there and we're a little envious. <laughs> yes. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a cool country and I love London. It's so clean and 
I just thought the people were also so nice there and I just loved it. So. Yeah. yeah. And my husband found it interesting. Like when you go to like a different country in, in Europe, they, it's a different um, language and stuff. And like, we are, you're like, cousin really I mean yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like so like so different but so similar all at the same time so it feels kind of like he's like it feels like home but yet mm-hmm. it's not so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's what I loved about it yep all right well maybe you could tell the audience a little bit about uh you maybe yeah where you grew up and your background mm-hmm. a little bit and then we'll get into your story of course well I actually grew up in Ireland I'm Irish so you might be able oh. to tell from my accent and yeah. um, so I grew up in a seaside town in just south of Dublin and um, I lived there for a lot of, uh, up until my uh, 30s, when things started to shift for me. That's kind of where my shift started to happen. And my first, I guess, adventure was that I left Ireland to go to India for a number of months. Oh, wow. So I kind of had one of those defining moments where it was like, I wasn't in a great place where I was in Ireland, nothing necessarily against Ireland, but just in my life where I was at. I was a single lady at the time as well. And um, I had suffered a lot with my own mental health and the relationship that I had with myself wasn't in a great place. So it was kind of like one of those moments and I can even still picture it like today. It was a defining moment where I thought if I don't do anything, I could kind of see where my life was going, you know, and it wasn't somewhere where I wanted it to be. So I had to make a drastic change. It was kind of like my own eat, pray, love story. And that, like I, I gave up my job. I had a house. I rented it out. And because mm. I kind of just knew if I didn't get away and do something that that I knew that's what I needed. And I left and I went to India for a number of months studying yoga um, in a place wow. called Mysore in South, near South India. And it was... It, it was a wonderful journey, but it was very challenging as well, because as we all know, we all leave something in the, in the pursuit of something new, but you always take yourself with you. Mm-hmm. So it was a wonderful experience. And I went back many times, but it really was a part of me um, going on a journey to, I guess, without sounding too corny about it, going to find who I was, what I needed and what it was about. And um, I practice yoga every day, six days a week, met a, a new community of people and did a lot of soul searching during that time. And I then came back, but settled in London and I've still been here. So that's been over 13 years ago now. Wow. So it's been a it's been a journey, really. Um, and then I was single again, right? Most of my 30s living in London. And um, at the age of 39, I met my husband. And um, obviously, I had done a lot of healing since um, I went to India. And on that whole journey, um, I got to a place where I could sustain a long term relationship with somebody else as well. And um, met my husband. So that's six years ago now. And it was a whirlwind ever since then. So my 39th birthday, I was single. My By my 40th birthday, I had met my husband and I was pregnant and we had moved in together. By my 41st birthday, my little boy was there. And then I went on to have twin girls as well. So um, we, oh, we've yeah, been busy, yes. And I now have, um, have a husband now and three wonderful children. Um, yeah. And the eldest is five. So... 
that is a very quick overview of where I've been, if that helps at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. <clears throat> Just a kind of a summary of everything and then we can kind of go back and dig into the yeah, things you please. Want to yeah, dig yeah. in. But that's I love it. That's awesome. That's so fun. She has twins. Yes. Ah, yeah, I do. do. They're yeah. nine though. So we're ah. past the crazy. How old are yours right now? They've just turned three. Oh, so wow. a cra- our, our girl's birthday's on January the 13th and my little boy's birthday's on January 14th. Oh, so we oh. have three birthdays <laughs> over two thing. days. Oh. Yeah. That's a lot. All the kids' birthdays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, but three. Okay. That is still quite the busy stage with twins. So yeah. I applaud you. You're and you look so cute and put together. I think yeah. it, oh, when God. I had three-year-old twins, I was like still <laughs> just barely hanging on. <laughs> I know. I know. I get that feeling a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin who had twins before me told me when they turn four, it's kind of a magical age. They start being a little more independent. Like yeah. you maybe have heard that. So just <laughs> you're getting you know, there. You're getting there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, well, yeah, I love your background. It's so interesting and I think unique because we both kind of were married young and started having mm-hmm. kids young. We both have teenagers now. So anyway, I just love hearing different stories and different paths. And, and I love that you went to India. Like that's so, yeah. Yeah. yeah like your eat, pray, love story. Like it you really said, is. it's yeah. really cool. I yeah. just recently watched that on a plane actually. I actually <laughs> love that show. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to focus on? Like, or what do you want to go back and talk about? Yeah. Yeah. If it would, I don't know if it's helpful to talk maybe about even, I guess, the struggle beforehand, because that's got to do with, I guess, you know, then moving into it. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I guess a lot of people struggle with that area as well. So definitely. Yeah, that's an age, yeah, where a lot is going on and... Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask too, what was your, well, maybe we'll get into that, but what were you doing for your career in Dublin before you left? And yeah, maybe just take us back to that point and kind of where that trend, how that transition came about. Yeah. So before uh, I left for India, I was working as a recruiter and I was working for tech companies and I was, you know, work was going very well and everything was fine there it was more in the personal side of my life that I knew something needed to change and it was an you know a feeling within that I wasn't as happy as I could be or where I needed to be and um you know I internally I was you know I was suffering with an eating disorder and that and it was just I needed to I needed to do something to help me on that journey so a for me, I'm not. This was just for me. I knew I wanted to just kind of get out of my normal situation for a few months anyway. That was all I, I wanted to initially do, and um, and make a change. And that was when I I had already started doing some yoga in Dublin, and I thought that that was a good avenue for me because it was really helping me in where I was at. Cool. I love that yoga is cool. We've had a couple guests bring up yoga. Yeah. I feel like it's being like a healing. Yeah, thing. for sure. And so did you know anyone like where you were going? No, or did you I just... didn't. I had, I had, well, sorry, I'll, I'll reframe that. I, there was a teacher that I stopped, I had met once or twice that I knew would be there at a certain, you know, we'd cross over somewhere, but no, I didn't know anyone. I literally got the, you know, got the flight over. Yes. I was going to a place where I knew there was going to be a yoga, stu- like a school, um, and there would be other students from uh, international students there, but no, I didn't know anyone. 
So, so it was yeah. a leap of faith, all right. And, you yeah. know, India is a very different country to what I know as well. And um, so it was it's wonderfully chaotic country. <laughs> yeah, it does seem that way. Yeah, I wondered trade in movies. Like, what did your friends and family think when you were like, I'm taking off and going to oh, India? <laughs> yeah, like it was hard for them. I don't think my my folks really got, you know, they, they're very much of the mindset. You're leaving a good job. You know, yeah. what are you doing? And I was. At this stage, I was just early into my 30s, and I just think they thought I was probably should be now settling down and doing that as opposed to getting up, leaving everything and and going somewhere else. So I think my friends more knew where I was at and kind of, you know, supported me along the way. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That is, um, yeah, super brave and also like it takes a lot of work to do what you did to be able to like, yeah, quit your job and find someone yeah. to write your place and plan this whole thing yeah. to go to a different country. How long did you say you were in India? So I went initially for just over three months. Then I came back for a few months and decided to go back again. So oh. I spent about a total of nine months in India. Oh, wow. wow. And it was all revolved around the yoga. Yeah. That's and so there you, you learn the asana, which is the practice, uh, the physical practice, and also the philosophy side, the spiritual side was also elements that were taught during it as well. So it was really wonderful. That's amazing. Was it an all-inclusive thing where you lived there? and No, I lived, no, I had to find a place to live in the town wow. close by. Um, there were some families that would take people like yoga students in and you could live in a room or you could rent a place by yourself. So I've kind of done both sides of that that's wow. cool it's it's a, know yeah people. it's a wonderful experience you'd be getting up at like crazy o'clock in the morning to start practicing yoga at half four sometimes mm. I'd be coming home at six walking back up the road with my coconut at six o'clock in the morning and I've already done a practice so oh wow well, yeah I can imagine that would be such a healing thing because it's really even just a just such a mind shift of what you were doing even that in itself seems like that could be, excuse me, healthy if you're going through something like the mental health or whatever it was that you yes. just needed a, like a total shift in exactly. your daily practice. Yeah. Your, your environment, everything. So, yeah. Yeah. But like you said, I think you said it kind of in your shorter synopsis that yes, you changed up what you were doing day to day, but you still had, how did you say that? Like you still, you know, were, were you. in your own mind and body. Yeah. had to kind of work through the thing. So do you feel like the yoga practice itself is what, like, like by the time you left and where did you feel like you'd worked through a lot of those things or how, how did yeah, that? Yeah, I definitely, it was still work in progress. I spent a lot of my thirties in talking therapies as well. So it was a combination, but I definitely think the yoga was a huge part of my healing journey. Um, it's a moving meditation and we all know the power of meditation as well. Um, it was, it was, it, it, I think if I hadn't done that, it would have, I think it definitely helped and um, accelerated my healing journey. And it was something that I will never, like, will always be a part of me. And it's something I practice, again, not necessarily the asana practice or the physical practice, but the practice of yoga in general is, comes with me, I think. Yeah. 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 So I wondered, um, because what you do now is you're a relationship coach and we're yes. going to get into more of those things, but do you feel like, you know, cause you said you were in your thirties and some of what you talk about on, in your content, which I love following your account, I think you share great videos and it's just, you do a really Thanks, good job yeah. with it good. and good thoughts and everything. Um, 
but do you feel like you were like a little closed off to love and to dating and stuff? Or was it more that you just hadn't found the right person or was it kind of a combination? Yeah. Like, you know, cause you're working through a lot of things. I just wondered personally on that side of things yeah. where you were at. Yeah, I definitely had challenges with regards to my romantic life. And it was, I'd say going back to some childhood trauma and I was, I was very closed off. So I'd go into relationships and I had relationships, but they were never really that lasted very long. And that was me putting up a wall. Um, my mindset around men and relationships wasn't very healthy. So on one side, I'd say I want a relationship, but in a kind of um, another side of me would be fearful. I be didn't want a man to hurt me. There was so much around it as well. So I was at a conflict. I was a a 30 or in my 30s year old woman who wanted a relationship and wanted a partner. But then there were so many versions of me in the past that hadn't healed yet that was just still having a voice within that. So that's what where my struggle or my challenge with romantic relationships was. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think sometimes it's easy to get in these, um, depression or whatever it is you're going through and just kind of accept like, well, this is me. I, I yeah. guess this, yeah, I'm just, I have anxiety or I have depression or something, but I love that you took the steps. Okay. I'm done with this. So I need to figure out is this, yeah. Talk therapy, yoga, yeah. getting out of your environment, taking a break or whatever it was, all those yes. things were able to help you. And I think that's, yeah. that's awesome. Do you feel like the therapy was helpful? Like, I mean, yeah. oh, okay. I did. I, I I guess I did it for practically 10 years. Well, on and off for 10 years. So I had two different therapists during that time. Um, both were wonderful. But the last in particular, I think sometimes as well, it's as with anything in life, once you find a connection of yeah. something, it just kind of can propel you to the next level in something. And that was somebody that I had in London. And I definitely think that that really helped me as well. Um, and I was doing some of that as in the lead up to just before I met my husband as well. So it was it was it was ongoing. But yeah, any anything to help me was was kind of what I sought out, you know? Yeah, 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 I was thinking and I know I've said this before on our podcast, but I heard somewhere from a therapist that like 80% of healing is being able to talk about it. And so I yeah. personally, I think that that's why therapy can be so powerful. Like, I mean, the therapist, like you said, you need a good connection, but sometimes mm -hmm. just being able to talk through. So like you said, it, over 10 years, like sometimes it's not just like, oh, there's this turning point or anything, but it's just yeah. like working through those things. So I'm actually going to school right now to become a therapist, which oh, is going to take a long time <laughs> yeah. in a few years, I'll get there. But anyway, so I'm so curious, you know, what people's yeah. experiences have been and, you know, just hope that I can someday be that for someone else. So yeah, anyway, I think definitely. that's really cool. And for so long, you push emotions away, you push them down because you think they're bad, or we have this word of negative emotions, anger, and, and they're not actually, but it's what we hear or what we've been conditioned and we're afraid of them. But once we can actually let them have a voice for a while, sometimes that's all it needs. And it doesn't be, it's never as strong anymore. Well, for me, it wasn't anyway. It's kind of, it's pushing it away and pushing what we push it away because we don't want to re-experience the old pain, but it's actually the one thing that's stopping us from moving on. So right kind of acknowledging it and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like I read, do you feel like some of, um, were you having like self-esteem issues as well during this? Like, did you have to become 
like learn to love yourself and be confident in yourself. Was that yeah. I definitely had that struggle probably in my definitely my 20s and in my early 30s um and it was just that kind of internal narrative uh dialogue that was you know I was harming myself I, I mentioned I had an eating disorder it I wasn't caring for myself I more I was more in the in the time that I didn't care much about myself so what I, I kind of yeah I, I was hurting myself in a way and I also recognized what I was doing and over time I realized that in or, I, I wanted to do something it wasn't that I was going to say I needed to but it was I wanted to do something about that and that took some time but again once once you start making those shifts it things really can change you know some people think you'll always have a bit of it's how we identify it's like if you're um if you're a smoker and you you go to give up smoking and you've not smoked for two weeks and somebody says, would you like a cigarette? And you say, oh no, I don't smoke. I haven't smoked in, in two weeks. I'm, you know, that that's how you identify or else somebody might, they might ask somebody else, do you want a cigarette? And they say, no, I don't smoke. So the second person has identified that they don't smoke anymore. The first person still identifying as a smoker, but they just haven't smoked in two weeks. So it's the mindset of how you approach something and kind of going back to me as in having um, an eating disorder or challenges around food was that I somehow in in the time now that I look back, I can see what was happening, but I didn't know at the time, but I started identifying differently. I wasn't the person who had an eating disorder anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such so powerful. Like your mindset, we my yeah. husband even says about our kids. Like, you know, say you have <clears throat> the kid that's like, oh, he's my like lazy child. Like, you don't yes. want to call. That doesn't mean he's always lazy, and it doesn't mm. mean you don't want him to think, well, I don't have to do that because I'm a lazy one, or you know, or yeah. whatever the internal adjective that, yeah. or whatever you want to call them. Like, or even if some of my kids will say, well, I'm good at math, but I'm not good at reading. So it's like, okay, but if you say you're always not good at reading, you're never going to try. You're always exactly. going to you're not. So if you do this mind shift of like, well, I need yeah. to read and I can become a good reader, you yes. know, or whatever, it can like change your mind. And it's so really, it, it is very powerful. And it, it happens within the relationship side as well, because you can, people identify as I'm always the single one. I speak to beautiful women all over the world and we all come at it with an identity of who we are with regards to relationships. And when we can start, if we have been single for a long time and we no longer want, you know, we want to change that, we also start having to shift that identity. Who do I need? To, what version do I need to be in order to have the relationship that I want? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually loved how you said, I don't know if I've ever heard it like that exactly, that you needed to love yourself and take care of yourself. And I've always heard like, <clears throat> basically like be happy on your own. And then you're more likely to find someone and be able to be happy together. Like if you're looking for someone to kind of make you happy, I think that that is sometimes how those more problematic relationships can start because you're like looking for someone to fill, you know, your void or whatever. So I think it's so cool that you, yeah, you went out to India, you were pursuing things that you loved and found a way to love yourself and Anyway, super. Yeah, I do. And I'll just clarify there because I don't want other people to think you don't have to love yourself. You don't have to have it all figured out. Being on the journey is the best thing. And when I met my husband, there was also a lot of healing that happened in the relationship. Mm. Um, 
you know, of me actually being in a, the uh, the relationship that I wanted was right in front of me. And it was the scariest thing in the world because for 39 years or let's say 20 years of that, I had wondered if this would ever happen for me. And right. it's all that all the past still comes up. You know, I still had all those fearful thoughts that I had in my earlier 30s, but I was able to deal with them differently. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was the big thing. And I had somebody supporting me on that, you know, so it, that that helps as well. But you definitely you don't have to have it all figured out, but at least be on the path or have an awareness and an understanding and be on that journey. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I think it was the awareness that I think yeah. that's always the key. Like once we're aware of something or a behavior or whatever, then we can start working on it. But I think it's that's when it. we don't want to like you know, talk, like, think about that. Like, well, I don't, you know, and then, and then we start to do behaviors like, you know, eating disorders and different things to just kind of mask those, those feelings. So yeah, I think the awareness is key, but I went from a child that was so um, void of my emotions. I couldn't even say I was tired. I remember when I was younger, it was just, I couldn't, for me to say the feeling was just really hard and look at me now I'm on a podcast talking I had an eating disorder it can all change and you know it's again it's the transition of where you want to bring your life yeah Yeah. well and being willing and open to growth I think is so key because you know you could still any of us could still be where we were 20 years ago you know and not be having these conversations and stuff but I think yeah just wanting to learn and grow from each other and in our own lives so Exactly. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us now how you did end up meeting your husband and tell us a little bit about your love story because this is our Valentine's episode. So we love to hear it. (laughs) Sure. Of course. Yeah. So I was living in London and I felt ready to start dating, but like most people in London, I was dating online and that is actually where I met my husband. And, um, we started connecting online and I think for me, it was definitely could just in even our writings and our interactions with each other, there was something that I could sense from him. He'd write, you know, he'd tell me a big long story in a wonderful way. And it wasn't just short, you know, there was definitely some connection as we started um, messaging and emailing on the um, online, first of all. And then our very first meeting we were in, for anyone who's been to London, we were in Kensington, which is in central London. And we met by the tube station at a flower stall mm-hmm. and um, we went for dinner. And I think in the early stages, you know, we got on really well and I could, I felt there was a connection. I was excited and I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to see where this is going. And um, we went on a couple of more um, dates and everything started going really well. And then Katie's fear kicked in again (laughs) as it does and um, I broke up the relationship and um, I was still in there but went back and was just doing some work on myself and we we broke up for a few months and um, I was talking with a friend and I was thinking about my husband's name is Himanshu and I was saying you know talking about that connection that we had and that I think you know, I'm after breaking this up. And she said, well, why don't you just text him? So I text him again and he was away in France. And a few days later, I got a basket from of like cheeses and French wine arrived to the door. And um, I messaged him to say thank you and asked him if we, you know, should we meet again or, you know, where I just wanted to know where we were at. And 
we met up a couple of weeks later and that was in about November time and um, we have been together ever since and Mm -hmm. we actually um, he I was living in Chelsea in London and he moved in with me after a few months started to snowball really from there and um, yeah we moved in together and we now have three children together as well that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think I, my husband and I broke up for a time. So I always th- think, well, maybe that's the best way to yeah. make sure. I don't know that the best marriage ends up that way. Like, so I always tease my kids. I'm like, you have to break up at some point. He always jokes with me as well saying you broke up with me. And I'm like, well, it mightn't be the way it, well, it is now. Right. If yeah. It happened to happen. So right. Yeah. It was like, okay, I for sure want to be with this person. Why did we break up? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it kind of had to happen. Kind of uh, make sure that, yeah, like with the time apart, sometimes yeah. I think it's good to. Is your um, husband originally from London? He is from, we live just outside of London. So he is, he's from just outside of London. His parents came over from Sri Lanka. Um, okay. They Does have a wonderful. Name, name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A wonderful story to tell of traveling from Sri Lanka to England by land with, so they've got an amazing oh, wow. story to tell, but yes. Oh. So he, he is English, but his parents have come from Sri Lanka. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's one cool thing about so London. My husband said, there's just so many different people from all over. Yeah. Like in London, but you've got, yeah. Our children have a mix of Irish and Sri Lankan names, so they're going to have a bit of trouble in oh. an English school <laughs> with the yeah. pronunciations. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, that is cute. I love that story. Yeah. yeah. Glad that you met each other. I know. Yeah. And it's interesting with timing and everything, like, yeah, yes. that you were ready and that you did meet him. And and I also think, like, do you think because of the work that you had done, you were more maybe aware to like pick up on those things. Like you said, you know, in the emails, like obviously maybe some of his emotional maturity was coming through and things. So you picked up on that where maybe earlier where you hadn't done the work yet and maybe you wouldn't have picked up on some of those green flags or whatever you want to call them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If uh, I don't think I would have been able even to sustain a long-term relationship. This was for me, it was the timing was right as well. And I think, I've, I've done a post on this because my mom used to say, you know, what's meant for you won't pass you by. And that's true, I believe. We have to do the work and we have to take action, but what's meant for you won't pass you by. And I think for myself and for Hamanchi meeting, it was the timing was right because the work that I had done and having the support from with him in the early stages of our relationship as well really, really helped. And yeah, I, I'm doing life with, for me, the best person now. So, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. So is that because of your, obviously, experience and being in a place where you are, at what point did you start wanting to help people with their, you know, relationships? I, yeah, so from quite earlier on, even prior to um, meeting my husband, I was doing coaching, but a different type of coaching. I was doing career coaching because I'd been working in recruitment and so on oh, before. Yeah. And um, when after my first baby, I knew I wanted to change direction. And the coaching side was always there for me. It was the part that I loved. So instead of going back to the corporate world, I went into the coaching world. And I hadn't initially gone in with the relationship side. And it was something that kind of came to me more as I was doing. I was I. I was telling my story and I was getting um, a lot of 
um, people messaging me um, about my story and how my story has helped other people. And I kind of then realized that, well, I think my it's found me my niche has found me because of you know it came that way so um I had already qualified as a as a coach and it was just then working with the women around the work you know it's where I've been and it's where I've come to now and it's kind of like I've walked the walk and especially as well with the relationship with myself I know what that's like and I know the impact that it has on relationships with others as well. As in, if you have, if the relationship with yourself is, uh, you know, a conflict and you're looking to find or attract a partner, that's, I, I understand that as well. And I understand the, the situation of being in your mid thirties and all your friends are getting married or moving in with their partners and wondering if your time will come. So I get what that's like because the social stigma of being in your late 30s and not married there's still talk about it and people ask you why aren't you married and you know there's a lot to that as well yeah yeah for sure. it's funny in our kind of culture that we live in we live in Utah it's yeah you get married very young so it's almost the opposite if you're not married in your like late 20s it's like right. what are you doing yeah. so there's kind of this pr- weird pressure um yeah. I and I'm trying to really take that off my kids like the opposite. Like there is no rush. You don't need to marry the first person you exactly. think you should because you think you're going to be alone if you don't, because yes. I just feel like you can do so much maturing and growing in your twenties that my husband and I laugh. Like we grew up together. I mean, we got married when we, I was 21. So wow. literally we were still gr- going to school. We were still in college. We were still, you know, figure out what careers or paths we wanted yeah. and we're still growing up together. And so it's yeah. such a interesting thing because my yeah, sister got married. Where I'm now 45 years old with a five-year-old and two three-year-olds. Yeah. 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 My sister got married much later than me and is trying to have kids now and she's, you know, 39. So it's like, wow, it's such yeah. a different, mm-hmm. you know, path. and no path is right or wrong and it's just yeah. what it is. And you want to make it the best of whatever your life turns out to be. But like you said, you have to make action for it. You have to, you know, yeah. go on the, along that path. And I think it's really cool that you as we say, the reason why we have this podcast is so people can share their stories. And with you sharing yours, you were able to have people reach out and you're able yeah. to help them. And that's, you know, what we want to do. Cause if you are, can relate to someone's story or if it's someone that, you know, if that you connected with and talked to could help you, like, that's just so cool that we can all help each other. And that's, yeah. what's the great part of social media and yeah, exactly. podcasts and technology is because you yes. can kind of share your story out there and connect with people. Yeah. And I speak to women, as I just mentioned, like from all, countries all over the world, and they all believe they're on this journey by themselves. And they think that, my, you know, my, that's why my story resonates with them more. And that's, you know, I think it's so important for, for these women to know that it's not just them because their group of friends have all got married because there's, there's so many women for many different reasons and choice or, you know, some people choose that way. Some people, they haven't met their person yet, whatever it is. But a lot of them, when they, when I speak to them, feel like they're the only one or something's wrong with them. And it's, there's nothing. And it's, 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 you know, I want to let them know that as well, that there's nothing wrong and things can change if they wanted to. Yeah. I was thinking it's interesting because even though in our culture, like where we live in Utah, that's where we live. And the reason, you know, it's a high Mormonism is very prominent here or the LDS religion. And so a lot of people get married very young 
in that religion. But I will say like, if they don't get married young, which a lot of people don't, I think they probably feel what you're talking about even younger than probably what's even normal around the yeah, world. Like the they're, average. they're filling in their younger twenties, even or mid twenties <laughs> or upper twenties. Yeah. Why am I not married yet? So I feel like it's, it's sad because there's this, I shouldn't say sad. Like there's a lot of good things about, you know, what, whatever age you end up finding your person or whatever. But, but I just feel so like, yeah, a lot probably feel yeah. discouraged. And yeah. so I feel like what you're sharing can be really useful for them. But then also, like you're saying, like all around the world, you know, all for different whatever ages. different reasons. Yeah. yeah. And and then also not to mention, like when you get married really young, we also have friends that are divorced pretty young and also yeah. single again, because yes. they're kind of going through those transitions a little younger in life because they got married not matching younger. up with their spouse. It's yeah. Not, you know, be, you know? Yeah. so anyway, it's just interesting. And I think yeah, we're all just on different paths and journeys, but, um, anyway, I think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah just you're helping you're, people. Yeah, so as people helping. started reaching out, you thought, oh, there's something here. I should yeah. make something yeah. out of it. Yeah. And I started, you know, um, that was then the area and I, you know, that was, it was, it was my story. It felt so an area that I could resonate with these women as well. And it, during um I heard this this before and it was like kind of if there was a room if you could put all these people the people that you wanted to work with in a room what would they look like and I was like that's it's like my story that's exactly the type of women that I'd love to work with and um and we do like coaching and mentorship on that journey so yeah it's absolutely wonderful to work with these women that's really cool that's cool. So is a lot of it, I think you said they're kind of all over the world. So is it more of like, do you do this type of thing, like a video chat and more online stuff? Yeah, I do a program that's done all via Zoom. And the the another way that I help women is through a membership where I also try and bring an element of community because my whole mindset was like, how can I reach more women outside of what we can do in a one-to-one basis? And um, I set up a membership so that women can come and have elements of self-paced learning, have group coaching calls, and then have a community where they can see in a private Facebook group that actually, yes, I can see there's so many other women on this journey as well. And you know, they, this is what's happened to them. And I resonate with that. And, you know, it's connecting people and it's very new, but I've just looked at the Facebook book group earlier today. And it's just so wonderful. These women already connecting and, you know, writing on each other's posts and stuff. It's wonderful. That's really cool. I love Facebook groups like that, like support groups. And right. Yeah. I've been a member of a couple different ones, a twin one, by the way, wow. <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah. It's just, there's something so comforting when someone's going through something similar and you can yeah, comment and respond. And then you're connecting with these real people. You know, it's not just yeah. like looking up random articles or whatever on the internet, which that can be good too. But when like you're talking real to real people, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very, very helpful in connecting. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So along those lines, um, maybe you could give some advice for women in that age group that you work with, you know, like looking to find their person. Yeah. Starting out with single and then maybe we'll go more into the relationship advice as well. Yeah, of course. So the way that, um, for women who are in their late thirties or beyond who haven't met their person yet, a lot of time it's looking to some, sometimes they just don't even know where to start. Um, sometimes they have, self-esteem issues or self-worth issues sometimes they feel that they're too old to even um, meet their person so it really depends on where that has come from and understanding 
what it is that is stopping them in the first place, you know, and um, looking back at their history um, of their any relationships that they've had to understand what patterns. I might get a woman that's come to me and saying I'm attracting um, men that are not available. And it's, and, you know, I've been doing that for the last number of years. And then when we start looking, it's a little bit deeper. They've always been afraid of commitment. They've always had commitment issues themselves. Or there's women who believe that they're too old to meet their person now. So they go on dates with a mindset that I'm actually too old. And they're never really showing up as their authentic self because they're fearful and they're they're approaching it with a mindset coming from a lack instead of, of course, I'm worthy of meeting my person, whether I'm 40 or 50 or 25, whatever your age. And sometimes it's just about understanding what their blind spot is. If they've been having um, trouble meeting their person, understanding what the blind spot is and then working through a process to go about changing the relationship that they have with themselves, transforming the relationship that they have with themselves. Because I kind of think we touched on it earlier, but we don't attract what we want. We attract who we are. And like the woman who was attracting the non-available person was always fearful of commitment issues in the first place. But when we can start working on why that is and changing the mindset around that for her, she's no longer as fearful around commitment and therefore approaches dating with a whole new mindset and energy. Um, I'm very, very much believer in the energy that we bring to things. And when we can start shifting um, how we view things and how we think about things, we also start approaching things in a different way. So um, I have a problem, you know, and it goes back also to the awareness, first of all, being aware, then understanding the blind spots having a vision of what it is that we actually do want from a relationship. A lot of people don't have a vision of what it is, don't know what they want because the models that they see is not what they want. They might have grown up in a family that has unhealthy relationships. So it's really understanding the person, understanding where they've come from, and then putting them through this process to transform how they view relationships. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I was thinking it's so easy um to not see your own self because you're just involved or you're just kind of I don't know but if you step back and like you said have them talk about their past relationships and kind of how they went or what type of people they were attracted to they might not even have any idea that that's what it was that oh I'm I'm attracted to men that aren't available because I'm not ready that probably even gone there until they've looked back and kind of gotten outside themselves and looked back in at the past and their patterns or Yeah. I thought that was so interesting when you brought that up. That makes a ton of sense though. They're almost trying to find people that are emotionally unavailable or even maybe unavailable. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not quite ready either, even though they want that. So then I also was thinking like, even when we're in relationship, I loved how you said, like, we kind of attract what we are or how did you say that? Not that what we are, but like, yeah, we don't, we don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. Okay. Right. So I was just imagining like, it's like, well, yeah, I want, to have good, good communication with my spouse. And I want him to communicate well with me, but am I communicating well with him? Exactly, like maybe right. not, you know, so that makes so much sense yes. to me and how smart to start. Like as, when you're, you know, in the beginning stages of a relationship to start with 
that because I think, you know, you bring that into a marriage and it just, I mean, of course it can be worked on, but it gets a little more complicated, you know? So I think, and not that it can't, obviously like you can work through, you know, all those things, but I think setting that precedent early that like, okay, I'm going to, I want these things, but I can't just expect this person to be that unless I'm working on them too. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I thought that was all really interesting. I'll have to think back a little bit more on that, but that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else or do you want, do you have some advice for our listeners that maybe are in relationships or, you know, I know you primarily probably work with, like you were saying, getting people to the point where they're, but yeah. What what about that side of things? Yeah, of course. I think, Sometimes well, I'm seeing it as, you know, as we move into, so going from single and then moving into relationships, it's, well, first of all, it's how we communicate, which you've kind of touched on as well. And it's sometimes having the hard conversations, isn't it? It's like we were even for people in um, relationships, a lot of the time where things fall apart because we haven't been communicating uh, or having the conversation that feels a little bit hard or I don't want to say it. And um, so when we're in relationships, it's the communication. I know it's one that we all say and think, but when it actually comes down to doing it, and especially if it's a hard conversation to have or, you know, but always approaching it with respect and grace. And, you know, when we're in relationships as well, it's always reminding ourselves as why we fell in love with that person in the first place. Hmm. And sometimes we can forget that along the way. Because again, we all move and change and, and move into different versions of ourselves. But we chose to love this person at some point in our lives. And it's a, again about bringing it back to that. Because sometimes we can kind of zone out. Our, it can, we can zone out from our minds, you know, and our heads. And, but sometimes when we bring it back and drop into the body, is kind of love sits within the body as opposed to in here in the mind. So when we can drop back into that and understand what it was that we actually fell in love with in the first place and for the two of you to remember that on an ongoing basis if you can because that I think is really important yeah Yeah. I was thinking we had a our therapist on last year when we had Brandy on and she said come to every conversation with a heart of love instead of a heart of war yeah because I think sometimes you go in like they did this and and then you're already like all worked up and you're like blaming or something yeah But if you come with love, then it's harder for the other person to start the war too. But I also think, like you said, I think communication is, is amazing. And then the hard conversation we don't have now becomes a huge problem later. And so even if it's hard, you just have to start that conversation and have it because if it like festers or builds, and then the person doesn't even know you're feeling that way. Once you finally say they're like, why, you know, it could have been solved or could have avoided a bunch of um, issues along the way. But it is sometimes I think we're as humans, it's hard sometimes, you, you know, you need to, and you're like, okay, I gotta have this conversation, whether it's with a relationship that's like a romantic partner or a parent or a child, like all conversations. Like I think if you come with love and understanding and remembering the relationship you want to have, or you've had, then you can have a better conversation. But yeah. Yeah. One thing I was thinking when you were saying that is I'm like, I think sometimes we get married and we just think that our spouse is just going to know like what they need to do or know how we feel because I yeah. don't know, maybe the movies portray, I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah, that communication again, cause they might just not know, right. like it might not even be a big deal, but if you just say, and I you think know, stereotypically women have these kind of high expectations. And so we get let down because we just think a man's going to, our husband's exactly. going to do this or say this or act this way. And I think a lot of men don't 
So they don't yeah. get as upset because they're like, we didn't come in with expectations. We didn't know how you'd be in this, but we come in like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably stereotypical. Well, we, not all women or men. Yeah, are it is a little bit. It's like, you know, the, I mean, even it can be like the books that we read or, or you know, mm-hmm. different things, which I love that. And I, and it's fun to do that, but we have to remember, like, I, I just heard this somewhere else too where a lot of times the movies that we're seeing or the books that we're reading, like it stops after they get together. You know what yeah. I mean? And so you yeah. kind of see, of course you see the fun part and the, the romantic, yeah, the romantic and all that, but you don't see the work that goes in after yeah. to keep that love, which is really like when the love and the relationship, you know, grows deeper and can get stronger and everything. But that's kind of me. It's, it's not that it can be hard well, it is hard, but it doesn't, it's not that it has to be like drudgery hard, but it's just like, can be rewarding hard. If I think if we go about it in the right way, but I like, I like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to remember. It doesn't stop at the, at the, yeah. Like, like it does in the book. It's about relationships. Nobody teaches us how to do this. And you know, we're all coming at it, but also remembering who we are in a relationship, how we, because a lot of the time we can look and blame or look to the other person, what they've done, but it's like, how did I show up in this instance as well? That's, that's one to look at. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think it's cool if someone had a coach like you that when they're in the dating years, because I'm sure you probably, you know, kind of prepare them for some of that stuff too. Like the the conversation that they can have with a future spouse, which I think would be so helpful. Like I even heard, I think it was the same podcast and I'm remembering, but I listened and she was like, I'm really a big proponent. And once people get married, do like some intensive therapy, the first six months or something. So you can start to create these good communication patterns and open things early in the marriage. So that these, like you, we were talking about the communication and thing, things don't get those, those more negative patterns don't get built early in the relationship. So anyway, but I'm thinking, take it a step further and start, you know, working with a coach or a therapist before you're even in a relationship, then I think you could probably be setting up some really healthy patterns from the get go. Yeah. Because some of us, you know, might be fortunate to have maybe an example of your parents or grandparents that have a good marriage, but they're totally different people than you are and who you might end up with. So I used to think, Oh, my mom and dad have such a good marriage. So, so will I, because I want their marriage. I didn't marry someone that's exactly like my dad, but I did. I mean, you can learn things for sure, but you, you can't just think, oh, it's going to be fine because they're, yeah. <laughs> but I think we naively go into it just, oh yeah, once I married it, it'll all just work right. out. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all so, takes work and good yeah. work and growth and the two people growing together. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't mean to be drudgery work or hard, you know, yeah. like, but you have to, yeah. I think it can be an exciting thing to become closer and to connect more because you're exactly. doing the things that might be a little bit uncomfortable with conversations yeah. and things. So. And you care yeah. about the person. Like I liked how you pointed out, I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it, but I mean, it's basically like having empathy for the other person and wanting to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not coming at it with a heart of war, but yeah. realizing like, okay, I care about this person. So even if we disagree, like I want, I want to be on the same page with them because yeah. I care how they feel, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I actually remember my husband telling me when we were first married, cause like I'd get my feelings hurt about something, you know, I, of course, like I said, I was really young and probably a little immature, but he'd say, I just want you to know, like, I just give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm never yeah. trying to hurt you. So if I did, it's a misunderstanding and, or I did, I didn't realize I was hurting you. Like, mm-hmm. so tell me so that I can say, Oh, I did not mean that. Or I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it that way. If that hurts, you know, yeah. there was just this like, because you like, I love you. Just give me the benefit of the doubt that I am not trying to hurt you. Yeah. That's really really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wise. Yeah. Ah, well, this is so fun. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we kind of start to wrap up? Um, I think that's good. Yeah, no, I'm good. 
Okay, great. Now we'll for sure link, you know, how people can get in touch with you. I think you're just awesome. I would love, I mean, I am just happy for people. Like I hope that people can get in contact with you that are looking for someone to help them out in this way. Cause I think you would just be so fun and have great experience too, to back up, you know, what you're teaching and sharing with people. So yeah. So we can link your Instagram and all the things. Yeah. We'll link, we'll put, um, Katie's Instagram for those that are listening Mm -hmm. and you can link over and get in touch with her. Is that the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, that's best. Yeah. LinkedIn is great. Okay, great. Yeah. Not LinkedIn, Instagram. (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Or no, that's not LinkedIn either. It's Linktree. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All these names of all these (laughs) different things. Yeah. Yeah. Different things. Yeah. But your Linktree, um, is there. Yes, it's on Instagram. Yes, that's right. And (laughs) is your Facebook thing where somewhere there you you have to be allowed in or you that's have to just private one. Yeah. For the membership. Remember. Okay. okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause that I think that, cool. I think those things can be really helpful and maybe connect with people in your area. You know, Mike, yeah. you might find out, Oh, someone single that works with you that, you know, exactly. that they can have a community. <laughs> yeah. So. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. This has been so fun. And I just, yeah, I'm excited to connect with you. We've been following each other for a while and yes. it's always fun to, to meet someone face to face. So yes. yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we wrap up our interviews by asking, how do you find beauty in life after going through your transitions? For me, I think it's, uh, it's nature. Uh, anything that I see, even this evening before I was just coming into this room to set up and the, the sun setting, I stop and I look at it. And um, for me, it's anything to do with nature, trees, the moon, like my, um, the other night, our little boy stays up late one night a week to watch a movie with us because he's the oh, eldest, man. you know, yeah. and yeah. there was a full moon outside. So I get him outside in his pajamas, you know, he doesn't know what I'm doing with him. And we go and we look at the moon for a while because it's just so amazing. So mm. for me, and I've always done that. This isn't something new. This has definitely been something that I've done for a long, long time. And I think it really gives me a connection. I feel like... I stand still and I'll watch it. And for me, that's seeing beauty. Of course, I got I see beauty in my beautiful children as well. And there's all of that. But if we were to take it away from kind of our families and stuff like that, for me, it has to be nature. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love it. And that comes up so much. That's yeah. a lot of yeah. people. It's cool to see like the connect, like the common themes that come yeah. up, but nature's definitely, and the taking the time to enjoy the nature yeah. instead yeah. of letting it pass by. And yeah. yeah, I am always telling my kids, look out the window or everybody stop yeah. everybody outside. look at the sunset look at the moon because yeah it's really powerful I think it, it is. makes us feel small but yet connected all at once because we all are here on this earth and we can all enjoy the beauty but it's yeah yeah it's I was just thinking that too I even was envisioning that you know like looking up at the moon and I feel like there's something about the largeness of the world and yeah. the, the nature that just kind of brings that kind of inspired feeling that the awe yeah, that yeah, brings the, the wonder. You know, yeah. there's, there's this quote, I'm not going to be able to say it because there's, it, it, there's, it, there's kind of a few bits to it, but it's like, we live on this planet that revolves around the, you know, and that has seven seas and all of these beautiful things. And yet you don't believe in miracles and I'll have mm. to find it and send it to you ladies. Cause oh. it's a beautiful, yeah. wonderful quote. Yeah. yeah if you that. find it, send it. We'll, we'll share it on the feed. Yeah. Awesome. Love yeah. it. Yeah. The world is a beautiful place and I love that you've been able to see different parts. Of yeah. It. I know. I was thinking about India. that too. I'm like, Oh, and yeah, you've got to go to India and it just sounds yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. This has been thank so you. fun. Yeah. Well, you can now, I guess it's about what, after eight, probably bedtime for your kids. So it's, it's seven, seven, oh, just seven. after seven. But yes, it is bedtime for them and it's yeah. gone very quiet in the house. Yeah, so we'll a little bit. I kind of hear them laughing yeah. earlier. That's so cute. cute. That's fun. Okay. That awesome. Well, thanks. You have a good night. Well, if we go come to London sometime. We'll oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, you'll have to. Please let me know. Okay. Yeah, there's a chance to be the first outside America guest on your show. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an honor <laughs> to have you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so fun. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life is my own I'll start again, my mind is free now I can feel the truth in me I'll take a chance, I won't be wrong Here's now it's time to move now it's time to move on. Take this journey.